Hey guys, welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. It's Sunday night, 7 p.m. I'm Mike. I got mass. Don't forget, we got the best mug in the world. True Texas Project mug. Inspired. No, it's inspired by True Texas Project. I I think it should be official I, I am, True Texas, yeah, right? I'm, I'm, uh, I think they I'm, should run I'm, that. How many people do you know that can pull this thing up? This is great. <laughs> perfect, perfect, you know, message. Right. Don't mess with Tejas. We ain't need one of these for Florida. Come on, Governor Ron. You, you would sell a you grip. You could do it, man. You could, you could do you it. He had this on his desk. He would, he would sell a grip. Right? So, welcome, guys. Now, just to give you a warning, you may think we are hanging out with you fully live. And we ain't. And we ain't. <laughs> this is pre-recorded. Sorry. But we will be in the comments. Yeah. We will be commenting with you. We'll be there. So, don't worry. Put your questions. Put your comments. Do what you need to do. I'll tell you what, though, we got a smoking guest today. We're we're really yes, excited. We, do. we had to do this because of the timing, and so we decided to pre-record this uh, a few days early. Right, but we're still taking care of you. Do not forget to share, like, comment, subscribe, notifications. Do what you need to do to make sure you get this podcast every week. So before I even introduce anything else, let's do a share drive. You ready? Mm. Five seconds, share drive. Ready? Click. Share or beware. And if you have not shared by now, Massey will be by with his mug. My mug. <laughs> and if you're listening to the podcast, you're just not going to get the yeah, joke. <laughs> also, too, guys, I know this doesn't sound like a lot, but even just on one of our channels, we've grown up 22, uh, uh, 25, I think it's like 22 25. to 25. Uh, 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 I think it's like a week or a month or yep. something. Like We're moving up in subscription. So when you share... It goes out to your friends, family, stuff like that. And people get on and they listen to this and get some truths that they might not get out there. So right. We're excited. Before we begin with news bits. I almost burped. The, you catch you, that? I was yeah, like, Yeah, the frog in your throat. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope somebody's listening to this in their car with the stereo turned up and all they hear is <laughs> I no, I couldn't burp. I'm like, hold it in, hold it in, hold it in, hold it in as you're talking. Hold it in. <laughs> So, on that note. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, news bits. News bits. News bits. So, we got to get those nerdy suits on. Can we please? You know what I mean? Yeah. Do the whole, like, <laughs> the green screen. Yeah, green screen. Yeah, dude. We need to do that. Guys, we may just do that. We are we are upgrading and, and becoming better and more dynamic every I week. I think so. Everything we do is kind of produced being top-notch. I mean, I, especially having our producer... Richard, who lights the whole place, he makes us look good. Right. He makes me definitely look skinnier. There's no question. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but he does it. I mean, look at me. Where did I go? You know, like it's it's. it's now, if only he could follow you through yeah, life. <laughs> Turn to the side. Where did I go? <laughs> All right, Richard, you ready with the slides? We're ready to go. Yes, yes, sir. All right, slide number one. Biden is mandating for federal workers and oh so more. So our fearless leader has stated we have a pandemic because of the unvaccinated and they're sowing enormous confusion. Hey, so fearless. I just have a question. If you're vaccinated, according to them, why are you worried if I'm not? I mean, you ever think about this? I mean, if you ever think about this, right, during the flu, you know, seasons and things, you never worry about who's not vaccinated in order to give the person the flu who got vaccinated. You do the vaccination according to them so that you are immune to the yep. flu. Isn't that how vaccines work? And now, 
you they don't believe the lie that there's a minority of people in America who's been vaccinated. There's been, I think, 140. I think it was like out of the 330 million, I think it's like over 140, 140 million now have been vaccinated. Yeah, because so like 48%, 49% of the population, something like that's been vaccinated. I think over half at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's, and, and that's what drives me nuts about this whole thing is all of a sudden we're focused on those people who haven't been vaccinated. Like they, they are the ones who are truly carrying all right. the cases, which right. you have to say because it continues the narrative of get vaccinated because you're dangerous if you don't. So the problem is at this point, if you don't have a vaccination, it's because you don't really want it. No, no, exactly. And since when, like, if, if you know, people are refusing vaccinations. No, I'm choosing not to. It's like saying that I refuse antidepressants. Look at him. He, he doesn't want to take antidepressants. No, I choose not to because I don't need them. And, right. and I feel like I, I don't need them. You know, it's like I'm not choosing not to do something that affects my health. I'm saying I don't need it. I, that's just not where I'm at in my life. Right. Same thing with a vaccination. Right. On top of that, we just did a little math just in St. Lucie County alone. It was like 300. How much was it? 327,900. Yeah. 327, yeah. almost 328,000 people. There's 657 deaths uh, and nothing new reported since July, I think 20th or so. I can't remember what it is. So 0.2% of the population has died because of COVID. We don't even talk about the false positive rates. We don't talk about that these COVID cases in a lot of ways were uh, advanced because of uh, pre-existing conditions that they had. Right. So it wasn't even COVID. We never say a person died of pneumonia if they had heart failure. They died of heart They, they had heart failure, right? Pneumonia just advanced. It, was it. A it wasn't a COVID thing. It was, they had heart failure. They were older, you know, all these things. And some of you will say, gosh, you guys are really insensitive to those who have died. No, you know what? You know, as a Christian that if you die and you're with him, you go to heaven. I'm worried about the soul. My life is dead. I, like we don't we don't belong here. That sounds harsh, but if you look at uh, life that way, you can be free on this earth to do what He's called you to do. You're not worried about what man says about you. You're not worried about what man can think about you. You're not worried about oh my gosh, how does this look? You walk in the ways of the Lord and you walk in the ways of Scripture, and you advance the gospel. You advance the kingdom of God on earth here. So if you're looking at it the right way, you're looking at it going, okay, look, people die, and we hate that. Who who wants someone to die? Right. You know what I mean? Like just knowing uh, some of my mentors had passed. I had I had a friend of mine that passed and he legit had COVID. Right. Yeah. People die from this thing. It's not there's no there's no question that, it, that you can die from it. But that dude was a Christian and he wanted everybody to know I'm with God now. I'm I'm way in a better place. He doesn't want us to remember, oh, my gosh, COVID killed me. He wants to remember that dude changed people's lives. He was a youth leader. He was all these things. Now, did he leave his family? Yes, he left his family behind. But, dude, his message during his funeral was, I just wanted to get people saved. I just wanted people to get healed and delivered. That's all I wanted. And that's that's the really beautiful thing about when you're a Christian, you're already dead to yourself. We all die. And I think in this mass hysteria, we forget everybody dies yeah. sooner or later. Do you know a new right. statistic came up, Mike, a couple huh. weeks ago? Really? Yeah, 10 out of 10 people died. Did you hear about that, Richard? You're kidding 10 me. 10 out of 10 people. 10 that's out of insane. 10? I was like, what? They, nah, it must not have been a large enough sample size. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it polling, man. Yeah, Gallup, they're they're biased. Yeah, they're like, but what did people die of? It doesn't matter. They die. <laughs> they die. Yeah, like it just and see, it, it sounds cruel and harsh, but God unlocked or, or Christ came and defeated death. The last enemy that shall be put to death that shall be destroyed is death, right? But He came to set people free, and He has the keys to death and hell. So if you're worried about people dying, go preach the gospel to them. Don't think about, oh, what kind of vaccine do they have? And we should force them to do this. Dude, go preach the gospel. What better thing to preach to people in this moment than give them hope instead of more fear and mass hysteria? 
And that gets back to what we've talked about before is I would rather somebody die tomorrow but have been saved than somebody live 80 more years and not be saved. Right. I've got to be concerned about their their spiritual life, not right. their physical. Exactly. And so if if you're coming in and saying we need to fear this, we need vaccines, we need mandates, we who need you, masks, yeah, we trust? need all of this stuff. Right. Who do you trust? Because I you want your vaccine? Go for it. And I mean that with all yeah, honesty. Yeah, we both do. You want it? Go for it. But what I'm frustrated with is all of the attention is now on the vaccine saving lives as opposed to, and this is in the church, as opposed to the gospel saving lives. Exactly. Now, you and I, we can both agree, we're not opposed to the vaccination. No. I think it's rushed. I think there's something wrong with it. That's my personal thing. But I'm not going to tell you you're demonic or something wrong with you as a Christian if you get the vaccine. Do what you want to do. That's choice. That's called liberty, okay? We're not of that camp that's like, oh, my gosh. Anti I'm not anti-vax for anti-vax sake. Do you understand? Right. I've been non-vaccination for a long time in my life. This isn't the first. We didn't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Our kids, all yeah. that stuff. We chose not to do that stuff. I haven't been vaccinated since like eighth grade. I just didn't. I told my parents, I don't want to get shots. I just I, I for a long stinking time, I haven't had shots. Yeah. But that's been a lifelong choice for me ever since I could kind of choose for myself. So this isn't something new. This isn't something we're turning on a dime because it's the right thing or it's the Republican thing or the conservative yeah, thing the to do. Do you understand? Thing. Like we've it's, been doing this for a long time. And at, at least me, I've been believing. Uh, I'm same way. And it's always been, I care about a person's rights and, and their sovereignty. That's where this comes into play. You want to promote it. You, I don't like the whole promotion aspect, but it's whatever, as long as you leave it voluntary. The problem is I know first you promote then you require. Uh, and this this really gets into the article that we have is the White House has now mandated that all federal workers, besides postal workers, uh, must be vaccinated or wear masks and submit to frequent testing. Now, the funny thing is the union seems to be talking about, well, you can't do this unless we negotiate. So it's really just Sounds like a union. Yeah. What tactic. else? What else? Did, what else did our fearless leader say? Oh man! You know the guy that's prompting fear. The fearless right. leader. Uh, he says, and there's only one thing we know for sure: if those other hundred million people got vaccinated, we'd be in a very different world. So get vaccinated. If you haven't, you're not. Uh, you're not nearly as smart as I thought. As 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 I said, you were. Coming from the guy who says are Republicans really believing that we drink what is it blood or blood something? Blood of kids. Or blood something. of kids or something. It's like just coming from the guy who's like can't even finish the Declaration of Independence, coming from a guy who can barely finish a sentence, that is not a cap, folks. I'm not making fun of him. It is legit. It happens almost every press conference. He yeah. can't finish sentences. He's, he's in He's trouble. getting older. Dude, yeah. that happens with age. Nobody's denying that. This isn't... What, what he's doing here is trying to pitch on you from a leader, right? Because this is what happens in fear. Oh, I'm not smart. I guess I, sh I just maybe... That's how people react. They appeal to fear. Guys, listen, if we didn't learn anything from the first run of this... This is a precursor to what's coming. Right. And we're going to do a whole podcast on commonly misused scriptures, right? Thank you. That are yeah. justifying these types of things. And we need to. Justifying government, justifying the mark of the beast, justifying all the stuff. We're going to cover those scriptures, not this week, but probably the following week. Yep. Because we need to blow this stuff out of the water and get you out of fear and walk you into faith. Because you need to start believing in the God of heaven who saved us. Amen. Sorry, that was... No, that was no, I'm glad. Keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, like this is good. No, no, this no, is no. good. I'm, just follow I'm, the line. Follow I'm, the line. Absolutely. You do uh, your thing. So let's I'll shut up. <laughs> no, nah, I just sit back. You preach, man. That's more important. So let's show slide two. Let's go to that um, because the postal workers thing is kind of 
you know, it is what it is. It's a union acting like a union. Now they're standing against mandatory vaccinations, but it uh, kind of feels like it's just advantage type stuff. Uh, shy, slide two. Shy, slide shy two. two. Slide two. Sure. <laughs> look, look at this slide. What do you notice at the end of this slide? Look at that graph. You see something? Now, I want you to compare that to 2020. Boy, that cases spike looks fairly familiar to that lower spike in 2020. But notice the deaths. The deaths are flatlining. The deaths are flatlining, dude. They're flatlining. Yet we are going absolutely insane. You know why? Because people are starting to get immune to this. Yes. It happens. Wait. The human body can become immune to coronavirus. God in his infinite wisdom created us with a body that can heal itself. What? It can. Liar. You know, like when you break a bone, Liar. it heals itself. When you get a cut, it heals itself. When you get sick. Heresy. Right. You know, and so God is just in his infinite wisdom said, I'm going to do that for him, you know. And if we can't, that's why we appeal to him in heaven for miracles. That's what we that's what we ask God for. Lord, intervene on our behalf because your spirit, we're not. Walk me in your spirit, right? Right. So God created this thing, and here we are saying the cases are falling. By the way, did you know that there's no test that I've seen that just kind of walking through some homework? There's no test that tests for the Delta variant. There's the only thing that does is they have to do a uh, what is it, genetic phenotype test on the sample because, or whatever. Because everyone because is doing a genetic phenotype test. Precisely. So when you go into the hospital, they don't have any tests for that. Exactly. They've got to ship it out for genetic testing. But well, look what the government is pushing. All this new variant is coming through. No. No. It's just literally, it's but, just like getting sick. And And what they're not telling you is they haven't seen a spike in deaths with the new variant. No. No, they, they haven't. More contagious, but not a new spike in, in deaths. Because people are getting immune to it. Go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. Anyways. All right. I'm ready for number two. You ready? Okay. Slide number three, technically. <laughs> can I say it? Yes, you can. We don't serve your kind around here. <laughs> Get out, boy. <laughs> Get out of our house. So, as in America, we love migrants, immigrants, of refugees, course. all non-white people. Except for those pesky Cubans. So, unless, of course, we're supporting the government, then Cuba's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those people who are creating disruptions. Oh, my gosh. Yes, they wrong with are. You? So, the Biden administration. Dude, by the way, uh, Italy's protesting. Uh, I think parts of Europe are pro protesting. World, uh, Australia. Cuba's protesting. Australia's protesting. I'm t I just posted a video on our Instagram. If you're not subscribed to our Instagram, go on it. Uh, there's a whole protest that happened in the capital where Italy is their, their um, what do they call it? Not the MPs, but that whole parliament. Parliament. Yeah. There was legit protests by their own cabinet. Yesterday, the Republicans, you know us, we're not Republican or Democrat. We got to keep saying it. Uh, but the Republicans yesterday in the White House came and protested Pelosi's mask mandate. So they were Whoa. all walking down the hall. People are beginning to wake up. And folks, I'm telling you, by the way, we're going to have a special guest on in a couple weeks, two, three weeks. Um, they're missionaries to the Philippines. And we'll post the video of what he did. He did this like five-minute sermon on if America keeps its freedom and fights for it, the rest of the world benefits. Amen. He said, if we don't, the rest of the world loses. And, dude, he was crying. He's from the Philippines. His wife's yeah. here from the States. He's from the Philippines. And he's like, please fight for your freedom. Please keep your freedom. He said, we still are on lockdown. But he's like, if you keep freedom, we keep freedom. He's Just so that, right, dude. It was, dude. 
I mean, my wife and I are balling, right? Yeah. But and we support them as missionaries. They're good friends uh, of ours. And and just his message was so powerful. So he's going to be on the on the on, as, as a guest. And but look what look what's happening all over the world. Why I said that? Look what's happening all over the world. This should encourage us, U.S. Now is the time. Now to step is the up. time to step up because guess what? They're not listening to you through your voices. Now is the time. We still have local governments we can take over. And yes, take over. Did he just say take over? Yes. Give me that crap because they say it all the time. We can take this thing on and we're supposed to occupy. We're supposed to drive up previous occupants, the word, the, the word occupy means. We're supposed to go to the ground that God gave us, this territory, which is ours in Jesus' name, and go get those places. We're supposed to have it, those things. And we have to, <laughs> we have to renew our mind daily. Ooh, now, think, think about this. Renew your mind. So the old mindset is, well, there's not much I can do because they're in power and I can't, I can't go against them. And they just, they're going to do what they're going to do. You have to remove that mindset and you have to step into a new mindset of, do I have to? Rosa Parks. <laughs> no, I was shooting you. You're shooting good things. I'm saying pew pew. So Rosa Parks, think about it. Yeah, come on. That, that whole situation. I was making a joke. Right. Pew but, pew. But that was the result of changing the mindset because the mindset up until then was, well, this is just the way it is and I'll get punished if I don't do it the way they say. So I have to just do it the way they say. Rosa Parks, all the bus boycotts before that, the mindset had changed to where it was like, I'm not going to follow your rules just because you say it's a rule. Exactly. And you have to change your mindset to determine – I'm not going to follow rules just because somebody says it's a rule right. and says I right. should. You have to change your That's mindset. exactly right. You have to see the world in a different way to where suddenly all things are possible. I know that sounds cliche, but think about it. All things are possible in the sense of this rule doesn't have to be here. Exactly. I have to fight this rule. I have to step up. And maybe I can change things to Come where on. normality is that rule doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And what did Thomas Paine write in a pamphlet? He said, a, a long habit of not thinking a thing to be wrong gives it a superficial appearance of it being right. Correct. A long habit of not thinking a thing to be wrong gives it a superficial appearance of it being right. We may think, well, it's not wrong what government's doing. They do mandates. No. Just because they do it does not mean it's legal. Dred Scott, all these, I mean, we can go down the line, right? The right. Supreme Court never has never gotten it right 100% of the time. Trust me. You know, <laughs> there's, there's, there's definitely cases, but here we are saying this, that you know when a government's crossed the line, when they're telling you we're going to punish you for not doing what we want you to do. That is, that is, the, that is the truest form of tyranny. That's, the truest form of tyranny. And that's, that's in the realm of negative versus positive in terms of passive or active. That becomes passive. Active pressure yep. as opposed to, look, don't do this action because this action is against the law in terms of like committing crime. Right. That's one thing, which even that gets out of right. hand. But now we're in the enforcement zone of you will do what you weren't going to do. You have to do this because we're telling you. Exactly. To. That's that's really where tyranny steps up. The that's plate, right. That's right. Know? That's right. And even now, like if we can just be honest with ourselves, what we're looking at here is not just tyranny in the slowest sense we're looking at man saying he's god and when they say trust the science dude i would totally trust science if it didn't change its opinion every five minutes where god never changes his word does not change that's why we always preach from the pulpits i don't know if pastor doesn't don't follow the man follow the word the man will fail you we say it in churches all the time man will fail you god will not he has never left himself without promise right. he's never left himself without witness i should say 
All of his promises have always come true in my life, in your life. He has never said something he has not performed. He will never tell you to do something he's never done. There's nothing new under the sun. So if something happens like this, we can be delivered again. So even seeing nations subdued in scripture, even seeing uh, guys like Daniel, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like, would we have the faith to be like them saying, you know what, God will protect us. And if he doesn't, I'm cool. Would we have the faith to say that or say, well, God left me. Here I am. I guess I'm in the gulags. I guess I'm in the... Right. You know what right, I mean? Right, would we right. have the, would we have the faith to say, no, Lord, you're going to be with me. You're going to deliver me. But if you don't, you're worthy anyway. Boom. You're worthy anyway. So important. So this is where my faith. Ha- and see, some will call that fairy tale. I think it's more of a fairy tale to believe someone who keeps changing their opinion every five minutes. That is a fairy tale, folks, because now it's an imagination thing. Now science says this. Science changed this. Science says that. Uh, wear masks. Don't wear masks. Get vaccinated. You'll be fine. If, nope. If you get vaccinated, you need to wear masks. Uh, but do we need to have them six feet? Now we don't need to be six feet anymore. We could be three feet. Listen to what they're doing to you. They're creating confusion in your head, whereas scripture does not create confusion. If you read it, it's very simply put. There's not anything that the Constitution was written for the average farmer at the time. There's no confusion in it. Matter of fact, the Bill of Rights has it uh, as its own preamble that tells you that we wrote this in order for the Constitution and other documents not to be misconstrued. So these they were written for a reason that way because they wanted you to not take it out of context. Isn't it funny they're trying to keep you illiterate from the Constitution these days the same way that the Latin or the, that the Germans did with a Latin teaching back in the time of Martin Luther. The yeah. reason why people were oppressed cuz they could not read Latin. So then guess what? It was up to the officials. They would tell you what the word of God said till Luther came along. And who was it? Was it uh was it Wycliffe who translated it? And got burned at the stake yes. for doing so. So, so like you were saying, it was only allowed to be in Latin. Well, guess who were the only people who could speak Latin? The priests, the, priests. the officials. And so Wycliffe translates it into the common man's language. He gets punished for it. He gets burned at the yeah. stake, right? He, he executed right. for translating it for the common man. They don't want you to know. If they want power over you, they don't they want you, you to yes. know. Uh, what it, Ma- Madison said, knowledge will forever govern ignorance. Bible says to study yourself, study, study and show yourselves approved to God, a worker that is not ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth. You're supposed to study these things. You're supposed to be in the know. You know, I find it, I find it crazy. We'll preach from our pulpit saying, we need to know the sons of the, you know, signs of the times. We're like the sons of Issachar. Then study the facts, study scripture then. Quit putting your eyes on the media. The media is destroying you. Yes, Fox News is doing it too. I don't care if you like that or not. They're doing it because they're keeping you in the bubble of Republican and Democrat. This is about Jesus Christ. This is about the God. You want to get rid of division in politics? Point to the Son of God. That will absolve politics here. I'm, I'm yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. go ahead. And and one of the things that you said, which <laughs> we'll get back to the article at some point, guys. But this is this is really important. So you said something earlier that that really sparks me. They change everything every five minutes, right? Go this way, go that way, go this way, go that way. Have you ever had somebody do that to you, where they change something every every thirty seconds on you? At some point, you just stop and you're like, I don't know what to do anymore. I I really don't know what you want from me. They're looking for that moment where you just break and give up and Submit. say, whatever, I, I can't handle this anymore. Just whatever. They want you to do that. They do. And, and you know, I was honest with a friend of mine who was tech, uh, messaging yesterday about nurses having to be coerced to take a vaccine. Now they're quitting. It's one of her, her sisters 
dear friend of mine's wife who was like, look, I'm, I'm stuck here. What do I do? I said, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. Some days I wake up going, you know, it would just be easier to get the vaccine so I can yeah. go on a freaking cruise boat so I can just go enjoy life. Go to Europe, whatever. go to Israel. Come on. It would just be easier if I could conform to this. But thank God I wasn't raised a conformer. I was never raised a con. I was never a conformer. I never conformed to census. I hated it. And when I did, oh, for 12 years of my life, I got in trouble for it. When I finally conformed and said, this is the way to do it. Now God's been blowing a revelation over me the last seven years of my life, seven, eight years of my life, right? With good, healthy people. But I've never been a conformist. I've never seen the box as the box. I've seen a box as a plane or a truck or a car. You make something out of the box because the box is not the end. The box is the rules for us to follow. Get it, right? But now I have freedom in those rules. Like, what am I called to do, Lord? What, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, there's there's all these things. I've never been a conformist, and, and I don't think I can be. I don't think you can be. I don't no. think Richard can be. I don't think a lot of us that are in this ministry and people who follow and you, who you support or you who support us, uh, is you're, you're nonconformist. That's why you're watching this message. That's why you're watching this podcast, watching other ministries like Chris Ann and, and you know, Chris Ann Hall and uh, uh, Bill Federer, uh, some dear mentors, Barton uh, Institute on the Constitution. They're nonconformists. We're not conformists because we believe what God is telling us. And you know what? All of our messages and those ministries are consistent. Government will fail you. God won't. Yeah. Same same message over and over and over again. Right? Amen. Back to the article. So let's go back to the article. Sorry. No, no, no. That, that was, was fun. great. That, that was, was good. Fun. That was <laughs> that was fun. So uh, Biden's administration, they sent pew, back pew. more than two dozen asylum seekers. So are these refugees? Undocumented migrants? What are they? What do we consider them? Uh, when they were discovered off the key coast of Key West. So Good Samaritan had reported a boat with 22 people on board off the coast. All were considered in good health. So if they had COVID, would they let them in? They would if they were <laughs> following their agenda. <laughs> so the taking to the seas on unsafe vessels is dangerous and can result in loss of life, said Captain Adam Look at Chamey. that. Oh, by the way, did you miss that line? The Coast Guard has announced they have repatriated yes, 27 yes. back to Cuba. It, we don't ever who, say that about the no uh, other ones that are crossing illegally, like the Colombians and all that other stuff. Right. Oh, my gosh. They're here. They're they're refugees. These are real refugees. And now they'll spend 20 years in a Cuban jail. So yep. good for you. you. You brought them back to where they need to go. Confusion. So Captain Adams said, you know, this is unsafe. My comment is, yes, so is living under a dictatorial communist regime. That's kind of unsafe, too. <laughs> but what do I know? And so not too long ago, <laughs> not too long ago, uh, Homeland Security nutbag, it, sorry, security <laughs> Alejandra Mayorkas determined that we would not accept anyone from Cuba. We would send them all back. So when he was asked, what about all the Mexicans? He responded, no habla inglés. Ain't that something? <laughs> no, he didn't really. <laughs> That was a joke. Dang. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I want you guys to know he does a lot of the podcast notes, and typically I'm looking at it going, oh, that's cool. So I have to review these notes before we go on air. And I'm thinking, wow, that's cool. Let's 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 hammer that. Let's right? go. Racist. And he's like, joking. <laughs> I spent too much time around construction, guys. <laughs> that sucks. So 
Don't worry, I got another juck, joke coming in. What's a joke? Uh, a joke. All right. So he added, he actually did say this part. <laughs> if individuals make, establish a well-founded fear of persecution or torture, they're referred to, get this, third countries for resettlement, they will not enter the United States. Unless, of course, they're from Guatemala, Honduras, or Ecuador. Then they'll come into the U.S. <laughs> because they've obviously established a place of fear. Yes. But not that whole third country called Mexico. Go figure. So he followed that with, but if they can walk across the border in the desert and will vote for us, then obviously they need to grab their snacks and guarritos and get on over here. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) We got to put that music in there. (laughs) So, hey, Massey, did you know? 50,000 migrants <laughs> who crossed the border. You can see his shoulders just bobbing. We're going to cut this out, right? <laughs> oh, no. I'm leaving it in, man. This is good. This oh, is quality man. TV right this is, here. This is it. This, this is, is quality. Sad. Dude, this we can work the for the B. We can work <laughs> we for the really B. Could. Man, the Babylon B. Go check them hey, out. We love them. Babylon B. You need a show that uh, you can crap all over. (laughs) Hey, Massey. What? Did you know that 50,000 migrants across the border have been released into the U.S. without a court date? Really? Yeah. So when Biden got asked for this, he just drooled on the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! <laughs> Which that is actually believable. That is that is believable, actually. You know, it's kind of funny because like outlets like the Onion and the Babylon Bee, yeah, they dude. can't do anything anymore because true life has passed them. Yeah. So we'll try. Anyways, <laughs> listen. Double standards everywhere. Keep holding the line. Keep holding the fork. Keep doing what you're doing. By the way, comment. Let us know. We'll respond. It's a great part of our segment to tell you. If you support the content of this message and support the content we're creating, what we're helping kids with all over the country. We're we teaching are. the truth, man. Teaching the truth. We'll be in Ohio very soon. Very soon. Good luck. Then we go to California because we got an outreach to do in California, which Can't is wait. true. We're, we're going to be excited. For, we, we are excited for that. Yeah. <clears throat> Torch bears. You know, we, 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 we have this thing that we're pushing, guys. We just need 100 more supporters. Um, and I think we gained a couple last week, but... Uh, we're looking for 100 supporters to donate 20 or 50 bucks a month to help right. us keep going. We need your support. Um, we're really excited because we're growing. Yeah. Um, and, and God has been blessing our socks off tremendously, you know, with events that are coming up. And we got some big ones coming up, too. I get to speak with some dear, like, mentors of mine, mentors of mine that I get to speak with. And, uh, you know, you're going out, too. And, guys, we just need your help. If you guys can help, uh, go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Be a part of us. Be a part of uh, our, our Torchbearer Society. And we'll send you some swag. Where we've come Ooh. up with a swag idea, so get yourself some uh, free swag. If uh, by the by the way, by the way, I'm gonna throw out a little fun thing. I'm actually working on finishing the book I started last year. I'm kind of excited. Uh, it's gonna be 12, 13 chapters, fun, uh, and it's kind of a side project. But uh, you'll know more here in a couple months. Some of you had already pre-ordered it, but through COVID, I just thought maybe the Lord wasn't in on it. Till a friend of mine said, "You need to re- resurrect that because it's a solid message for now." So we're 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 getting we're getting on that. Amen. You have already finished the first few chapters or the first few lessons, nope. 
of our constitution course. We're really excited. That'll be out in January. We're man, this thing is moving. We need your support to get there. You guys know it takes money to do this. And, right. and we're not doing this because it's a fun idea. We're doing this because we are seeing God move all over the country in local governments. Everywhere I get to go, I get to talk about local governments, seeing people run for public office uh, and take charge as Christians being the light. You know, Amen. Yeah. Be sure to uh, get signed up for that constitution course. It's going to be something that's that's really unique and hits some angles that you probably have not covered in a constitution course before. And dare I say, it's going to be a little more interesting than most of your typical constitution courses. We'll have videos right. with it. We'll be teaching it much like our live presentation. So keep an eye out for that. I'm working on it. We'll get there. Now, let me introduce our interview with Miss Grace Glass, who was formerly in leadership of the of the Blexit movement. So without further ado, guys, here's our amazing interview. Buckle with up. Grace. Thanks, Mike and Massey. Great news, Ben. Massey guys, guy's rock. handsome. Yeah, isn't he? I've got a picture of him on my wall, but that's, <laughs> that's for later. We are here with former regional director of Blexit, Grace Glass. And tonight, today, this afternoon, whenever you're watching or listening, we're going to be discussing the Blexit movement. We're going to be discussing the family. We're going to be discussing culture in general. And so... Grace, it's just great to have you here. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. It's my joy. Thank you guys for having me here today. Cool. So let's let's get started. So, mm -hmm. Blexit movement. Now, mm -hmm. there, there's probably a fair number of people who don't really know. Okay, what's the Blexit? Mm -hmm. uh, so, if you could just give a quick synopsis of what is Blexit? Yeah. Why does it matter? Yeah. All right. So, Blexit stands for first. The name Blexit uh, stands for the Black Exit. And it started off just an exit from the Democrat Party, really. And we began to just kind of break through with the message of not just the Democrat Party, but there needs to be a complete black liberation from the way we think, our culture, our behavior, our structure, our perspective, our perspective for the um, law enforcement. There needs to be a exit from a lot of different entanglements that we, a lot of blacks find themselves in. Incarceration, education, there needs to be just a lot of exits. So our mission is pretty much to inform blacks as much as possible, to start their own businesses, to inform them that, you know, the history that our country is a state was founded upon is not the 21st century. There's no policy, there's no legislation, there's nothing in place to hinder black Americans from doing what black Americans want to do. Their passion, their gifts, their talents, their calling, there's nothing in place to stop them. So Blexit is that, that beacon of lights, that beacon of encouragement, say, hey, look, there is opportunities endlessly for you online. There's courses. There's endless opportunities for you to really take advantage mm -hmm. of everything America has to offer you. We have immigrants coming from Nigeria, come here from absolutely nothing, come into the country and become great millionaires who are influential, who brain change. You have thousands, if not millions of followers, a country that, 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 that isn't even theirs. And you have blacks today who just missed the opportunities. And it's all about their perception of America. So we, we tried to debunk that whole um, anti-American policy that's in the black community in America. Because right. Ni Nigerian immigrants mm -hmm. actually outperform whites, correct? Mm -hmm. Higher mm -hmm. education mm -hmm. rates, higher you know, salary yeah. or improvement of improvement salary. salary yeah, yeah so they do. Kind of puts a bit of a nail in the coffin. Of it does. <laughs> I, ha I have, I have right? friends now in Texas and he's an IT making six figures. He oh. just came here with Six years. How much? 
<laughs> what am I doing? We're in the wrong business <laughs> over here. Six figures, and him and his wife and his children that came here. The wife is well educated. The children are oh, the children are phenomenal, and they they do a good job. They do good parents, and they marry. And it started off with their values from you know their core home. Marriage is important in home. In, in, in Nigeria, yeah. you can't shack up <clears throat> and all that kind of stuff. Forget about it. The parents not with it because they have a deep moral and reverence for God. And that's another component that we try to um, that we try to inflect, try to hone on to. I know when I was the the Florida chapter state director, we had I had prayer happening every Sunday at three o'clock. There was someone on live, whether it was me or my team, who were, who were comfortable to lead an hour prayer session. Prayer points was happening in today's current events. What's happening? What, what are you sensing from the audience on our on our Facebook page? And begin to pray. That was the component that I wanted to make sure that. Us in Florida, we hone in so faith, we, we pray. So that's another component they've tried to instill that, look, we need to get back to faith. There was one particular rally. I want to say it was, I think it was the Florida rally. It was the Florida rally in um, Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale um, uh, on March 8th, March 8th, 2020. Yes, 20. And um, Candace was talking much about grace, like grace and God's sovereignty. And it was just so sweet of a presence that came and that, that that spot there and like Blexit is more than his politics it's more than politics but we, we have there there's faith there it isn't like heavy as you know other conservative organizations but it's there a lot of the leaders the members they have some kind of connection to faith and to Christ so I think too like with politics what's getting confusing is yeah. um, people think that politics will change things mm. and, and I, I, I would hope and I kind of want you to speak to this. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between God and politics? We talk about this a lot, mm -hmm. but I want to hear from you. People think politics will change it. We're the ones that created this mess. Mm -hmm. What makes us think we're going to get out of it as people? Mm -hmm. We got to think bigger than mm -hmm. that. Who's greater than this? Who creates mm -hmm. government? You know, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I want to say um, the difference between God and politics. Well, I, I would say, you know, God lives within us. Like God is in us. So if we are as human beings, politicians, state legislators, mayors, counselors, presidents, councilmen, whatever, it's like if God is really in us, if he's really in us as we confessed, as we're so committed to ministries and meetings and these different things we're committed to, if he's really in us, it begins to affect the kind of policies and laws we actually implement over a city, over a state, over a county, if he's really in us. If we see that these politicians who are so you know, so outspoken about their values, but not really implementing it in laws, you, you are um, you're hypocritical. Amen. It's hypocritical and it's really hindering God's work from really coming forth. So if we, we, we need stronger believers to really rise up, those who actually not just say it, not just, you know, do it for a crowd, but actually fight for laws that please God. To really, really fight for laws that please God, and it's going to be a risk. But it's like, like Elijah, he was in that cave for some time, and the Lord was like, "Look, you need to come out. There's people who are who will support you. You need to come out. There's seven thousand still waiting that haven't bowed down to Baal. You need to come out of that thing." And that's that's where we are today. Politicians have withdrew from that that fear of the Lord. It's like, "Look, I'll commit to the people more than to you," and um, they put the people and their desires and their legislations over values of God. We need that, that spirit of fear of the Lord to come back to sweep across America sincerely. Amen. I love that. That's I think, I think. too, uh, to, to, to kind of piggyback, but also give you mm -hmm. another question. There definitely is 
a sense of um, uh, people not fearing God, right? Mm-hmm. They'll, and it is for the people. They're like, well, look, if I do this, I'm going to cross the line. Not realizing if you submit to God, mm-hmm. he's the one who prospered. He called you. He blessed you. Mm-hmm. It's not the people that called you. That's correct. Right? And, it's, and it, we kind of have this polarizing thing in America. It's mm-hmm. in politics, too, but it's in mm-hmm. Christianity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're loved, loved, loved by people, you're probably not standing for what God, God stands for. Very true. But yet if you're hated by everyone, That's you're probably you're... not standing for what God stands <laughs> for. Right? Because it's like, what is this balance? Because it's either you're with us or you're against, against us. But us, Jesus yeah. is the only one that has that right That's to say that. That's correct. Right. And so, like, what do you see? Like, how do people, especially Christians, mm-hmm. if, if, if you're not the Trump train, if you're not a Republican, you're, you're not godly. Mm-hmm. How do we stop that? Because that's more divisive to me than anything. Yeah, We're not yeah. using the gospel to divide people, not for Christ, mm-hmm. not for righteousness, mm-hmm. but almost for ourselves Perfect. to feel good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? How do we correct that? What's, what's something we can do to correct that? To correct that, we need to really like substitute. We need to remove, get our attention from the person, get our, our focus from one particular person. We can't say, oh, Trump is the the savior of America. Trump brought back a lot of valid principles. Amen. But now that he's no longer there, we need to see, okay, now we have we have President Biden. What can we as the people and the body of Christ still do to still fight for these particular policies? And we gave too much. We need to position power where it really belongs. Okay. Trump was our, 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 our president for four years. He did very well for four years. He was called by God to be there for four years. Now that he's there, we need to really like look within ourselves. Like, okay, what can I do? Come on. What can I do? We need to really look at, our, at ourselves and begin to let people know, like, look, that same ability that Trump had to change North America in your area of influence, you can do the same thing. I love you. And you're, <laughs> I love you. You don't have lang- to. Be, yes. <laughs> you don't have to be a president. You don't have to be a, not even a politician, but just do what God called you to Come do on. in that area of influence, whether it's in education, whether it's in science, whether it's in the food industry, and in that area that 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 feel you're called to be that Trump or be that really be that Jesus, be that Jesus. You be that Jesus in that in that thing. When he just talks about more, put the attention more on the individual. Okay, Trump, he was he has a birthday like all of us, he has a blood like all of us. He has that that spontaneous it that we all have as uh, as believers of Christ. We all have that it factor in our that it for us is the Holy Spirit. We all have that. We need to just really tap into it and just really do what we're supposed to do. We can't keep comparing and bowing Thank down you. to Trump. We need to bow down to Jesus Christ yeah, come on. and do what we're meant to do in our in our area of expertise. And that's really it. You know, he came from a businessman. He wasn't even wasn't even a politician. Amen. He came from a business, and that was his field. That, that was his niche. It could have been food. It could have been whatever, but that was his niche. And he just felt that prompting to run for office. He did successful, caught by God. It's evident that very that very evidence of him being caught by God can rest, and it's resting on every single one of us. People begin to see. Once we begin to do that thing God called us to do, people begin to see, okay, that was for her. That was for him. Oh, they were meant to do that project. That was that assignment was for them. And just flourish. And we get that same... No, no one. We're not trying to like go for glory, but the same glory of the Lord to be upon us as it was on Trump. I just yeah. love that. So as he same was called glory. to be president, mm-hmm. we are also called to have a sphere of influence. We're called yeah. as yeah. ministers of the gospel, and I think the division sure. happens on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, and we have to get out of the side side. I think, and that's what I love about mm-hmm. you know your your mission, Blexit, what they're doing mm-hmm. is telling a specific community because that's yeah. what's targeted. Yeah, is. There is history, mm-hmm. and there were problems. Correct. There was, of course. Mm-hmm. But at what point do we quit playing the victim? The victim game. And what's, yeah. what's kind of your, 
your answer to that because that that kicks up so quick quickly is mm -hmm. the history of America and, and racism, and, racism and you black people are oppressed so like as soon as you guys get that kickback what's mm -hmm. kind of your response to that how do you guys handle that type of attitude that I'm sure you get hit with we pretty much just asked something like what did you do like what was like what did you do like you know our history is our history if there's a quote I, I put out some time ago and said you know I said I'm not going to I'm not going to try to handle the problems that happened 400 years ago I said I was born for a time such as this not a time such as that like I'm born oh, to face good. I'm born to bring solutions to the problems of today not try to bring the history of my ancestors and people want to praise their ancestors like no no if we can't keep praising the history and the hardcore answers that they, they paved the way for us to really be prosperous in this generation so like what's really stopping us and if it's if it's the old history of our ancestors we'll never move forward so I, again i make it i make everything individual to the person because they come there's different personalities I, i've talked to guys who were drug dealers some of my approach would be different i talked to the young lady who were fu fu fully educated fully influenced fully just wonderful and nurse and whatnot so there's a variety of different people I would talk to so I make it about just them make it really individual like you as a person think about your behavior think about your conduct when you went to school to become a nurse you had to turn in your homework obey the law come to class on time and if you didn't there was consequence for the black community what we face now there's a consequence for all of our action that we do we talk about oh the police killing and police brutality. We need to look at okay the crime. What led to that? What led to them even encountering the officers? What led to these things? It's it's not about black and white and about this negative history of America. It's about the conduct and the culture and the behavior of this generation of blacks. We need to bring forth solutions that will reduce this negative activity, this negative perspective, and really try to re you know really get a hold to what's the real issues, the core issues. But it, it's it's not. Oh, our issues were from the beginning of the foundation of America. No, 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 no. Those were issues then. We have issues now, and it's with this generation. You know, look at what's happening and go forward from there. You realize, like, people are going to be thumb up and loving that <laughs> comment you just said about conduct and culture. Yeah. That's with Individual any, responsibility. That, conduct yeah. is with anyone. It's not yeah. black related. It's not, it's not Mexican, white. Dude, it's like we can blame mm -hmm. cops. And yes, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think what's crazy is for us to expect that evil won't exist one day. Mm. That's heaven. Mm -hmm. exactly. Here we'll always have the poor. Always. There will always be evil. There will always be people who hate you. There will always, always especially for the Christian. You know, it's funny. The our, My community, and it's weird. I'm an American. I don't care about Mexican-American stuff or <laughs> black American, whatever. But we're, we're Americans. But in the Hispanic culture, you know, I've seen racism. I see my dad go through it. But he's like, you know, but I'd be hated for Jesus, too. So, like, mm. at what point do we leave mm. the the culture side of ourselves and say, look, we're going to be hated, hated for Christ's sake, mm -hmm. not just for color our color or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, too, you address something about conduct. And I think you might have a question about this, too. So tell me if I'm stepping on your toes because I don't want to. You ask and I'll decide if I'm supposed to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, we all know people talk about fatherlessness in the home. Mm -hmm. But I, I even see it in, in, in my culture, in the white culture, all different races. Yeah. We say fatherless hurts, and it does. There's no question. We need a father in the home. What happens when the mother is at home, too, but they're mm. on their phones. They're doing their lives. Mm. They're doing their work. Mm -hmm. Like, we need parents, you Dear know, not parents. just a father in the home. Mm -hmm. Can you address that? Is that something you guys talk about? 
mm-hmm. um, when it comes to like conduct and all these things. Because miraculously, God can save you, change your conduct, all those things. Yeah. But it starts with us at home at too, home. right? So yeah, at home we do address that. Um, we do have a lot of fathers who are single parents who are who have really stepped up to the plate to the plate and just been the father for their daughter for their children. Um, and I have seen even within my own family where there is parents, both father and mother on their phones, doing work, I mean, frontliners work, I mean, heavy frontliners. But I see there isn't a, 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 a well enough amount of attention spent on really just training the children, really harnessing their behavior. It's just like social media, YouTube, the series on YouTube are pretty much training the children. There's no intentional planning, and that's gonna hurt um, I don't think it would hurt as much as fatherlessness. Well, but it, it has its impacts. For me, my mom, my mom had married twice. She's married to her second husband now, and I had always grown up in a two-parent home. Two-parent home. Even if my mom went to rehab twice, we still had two parents. My grandparents. So there were always there was always a father and a mother, the male and female within a house. Even my aunt, her and her husband, there were always two parents. But I can't tell you not one time they actually took me to a class to learn dance or a class to learn art or to spend any time honing in gifts that were a newer in me. I can't recall one time they sat me down and talked about, you know, sex education. I can't recall one time they talked talk or sat me down and discussed like real life banking or anything that was of value for me. <laughs> the in wife the always says that. <laughs> teach me how to balance a checkbook Did and do my taxes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And the, it just wasn't there. And I'm telling you, all my life I had two parents at home. But you would think maybe she had a, maybe maybe it was a single mom or whatnot. My dad passed away when I was 16, but I still had my mom's husband, who I just called my dad. But there was still no sit-down, family-oriented discussions, real, you know, what's your career choice? Why this career choice? Let's go here to, to hone it out. I just didn't have that. I don't know why... And it could be an issue in a little specs of different cultures and whatnot, but it's heavy, really heavy in the community, um, follow, fatherlessness. And if there is a father, sometimes there's no interest to really, not all, but there's some. Yep, I get it. More than, a, more than, uh, more than not, but there are just some households that don't really spend time brewing that career, that mentality for training in their children or sports. Sports, and that's, that's like the minimum. Or it's football, football, basketball maybe baseball but to really tap into their gifts i don't know it's just it isn't priority it isn't prioritized and i think it's it's one of those things where especially if there's fatherlessness if a father's not in the home mm-hmm. well young men young boys mm-hmm. honestly are looking for that male role they model are. and if if you have which it's happening in all the communities if you have mm-hmm. a community where there's not a lot of fathers mm-hmm. or solid male role models yeah. The boys look to each other, right? Mm-hmm. And then they kind of pick the one boy that they'll kind of model themselves after. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what you end up doing is just reproducing boys. Mm-hmm. So you boys. get guys who are in their mid twenties. They never learned how to be men because they never had a lot of real good, solid men above them to mm-hmm. help lift Train them up. Around. And the the closest chance that a lot of these kids get are their coaches. But mm-hmm. if their coaches are more focused on on winning or the game or then they end up learning from their teammates Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's you're speaking to something that that hits us hard of men aren't men right now Mm -hmm. and and 
you see a society collapse because of that. Collapse because of that, yeah. Because, you know, ultimately, America, we need a men. We, we need the men. Like, our, the households, the structure, like, everything falls on the shoulders of the men. And we need them. We need them. No matter how women may lead in politics or lead in whatever industry at the yeah. ultimate end of the day, even if there's, there, there's households that pretty much put the woman first and they actually allow the woman to leave the household. It looks good and glamorous now, but really 15 years later, you will see the kids are not functioning in their callings. You will see the kids not really going forth in their, just in life and being productive. It's always the men first. We need the men to really rise up in America. A lot of the issues in America across the country will be solved if men were to really, just really grab a hold of who they are in Christ their families like you know talk to your wife if you need to if she's wearing these you know these clothes correct her <laughs> if your daughter correct her i think it was matthew west has a song about covering up modest is hottest it's so funny but it's it's him talking about look don't follow cardi b don't follow Megan three style whatever her name is like follow christ like cover yourself up and it's a dad he has his wife in the video his his daughter's in the video and it's just like, look, you need to think about being like modest. And it's, it's a funny, corny video, but it's so significant to what this generation of fathers and mothers and daughters need to really hear. Yeah. And he, he caught a lot of flack for that, that too, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing about that. But, but I'm proud of him. I'm really proud. Yeah. I, I think God is, I know God is proud of him too, so. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I got excited because... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, he got excited. Yeah, what did I do? So, what? <laughs> so often... It, we're afraid to say the 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 mom who's the head of the mm -hmm. household we're mm -hmm. afraid to say yeah it looks good but what are the long-term consequences yeah, of the situation yeah. and i i don't mean this as an insult but mm -hmm. i see men who like the the woman is just always the powerful dominant mm -hmm. personality and, mm -hmm. and what you see is you tend to see men who are just very yeah shoulder and timid, you, you see it in their conversation when they're yeah. like i gotta ask the boss that's what a man will say mm. it's like you know i, I mean i get it i get mm -hmm. that you want to respect and yeah she probably makes a lot of the normal day-to-day -day decisions but you lead the household and i think too if men are watching i think a lot of the reason men don't become men is because they don't know how to be they were never raised how to be men you can't be something you're not so it's like if you're we're asking guys to step up be a man and a lot of them are like i don't i don't know i don't know and you know they're saying it in their heads they're not saying it yeah because they're afraid you know they're afraid to say i don't know what to do i don't know how to run my family because they think they should already know and when you don't know we just have ask questions or get with the men you see that who is the leader but they feel like i think men may that's why i really honor men i really do because i know there's so much weight on their shoulders i know it's just this who they are just from god's divine assignment for them i know there's so much weight on men so i'm like look if me and my guys if you don't know talk to your pastor Talk to God. Get with the man who you see demonstrating these manly qualities. Leading. He's supportive of his wife, wow. supportive of his family. He's strong. Um, you, you see those alpha male. Alpha male. I'll say alpha male. And that's, that term has become so toxic. So toxic. Yeah, oh, my but gosh. It's, yeah. it, it, to me, an alpha, alpha male in mm -hmm. the truest sense is a man who's... who's He's actualizing potential. Mm -hmm. He's 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 trying to make the most of who he is. Yeah. And he's he's not allowing outside influences mm -hmm. to pull him Amen. off the of way. that path. Yep. The path yeah. You know, and, yep. and that's an alpha male. It's it's, an alpha it, male. That's yeah. awesome. And yeah. 
anybody can be that alpha, alpha male. male. Yeah. It's that Ephesians 5 thing, right? I was talking to one of my friends about this. Um, he asked me, it's, it's hard to know to be a man if I'm not physically strong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I'm hindered. Sometimes I'm this. And it's like, you know, dude, nowhere in scripture does it say you have to be a strong man mm-hmm. to lead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a uh, husband's love your wives as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, Christ gave himself for it. Christ uh, intercedes for it. Christ empowers it. Christ speaks life into it. Christ leads it, you know? Mm-hmm. So like there's mm-hmm. this, men can do all of that if we know Christ, if okay. we know the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying it's easy because when you're going against the grain and maybe your wife was raised as the feminist Mm. or whatever that'd be very hard you know but you got to pray and fast that stuff man it's like lord look break this from the family so that my daughters know what a real man is so that my sons know how to lead their home it's not easy i mean we're breaking curses generational things boy i'm sure in blexit you guys were doing that over people like breaking curses that have been consistently shaded over generations of our families it's not just blacks it's all of us i mean i mean i think just men in general have been attacked which then leads to racism becomes an excuse mm-hmm. racism becomes a target and it's mm-hmm. not racism it's mm-hmm. really us being men or it's you know can mm-hmm. we lead as it, it, so we we use we cherry pick these things when hatred is the issue mm-hmm. you know not not racism mm-hmm. that falls under hatred mm-hmm. so it's uh it's tricky men that that we have to step up but let's go to the woman now mm-hmm. i mean are you a keeper of your home mm-hmm. are, are your children in subjection to the lord are mm-hmm. you you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, are you raising your daughters to mm-hmm. be good women of God? Are you mm-hmm. a Proverbs 31 woman? I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many sides to this, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. not just a man, but it's yeah. like, can a woman be just as, if not, you know, strong in the Lord? Mm-hmm. As her husband. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, that they have their own walks before God as well. It's not mm-hmm. just, we're just going to follow him blindly. No, you're supposed to be a helpmate too. If he, yeah, there's something helping. off, That's right. you got to call him out, you know? So like, there's this two-sided thing you know that ability yeah really family is everything i think family if i'm learning everything like when i watch the blexit movement when i watch other things it's Mm -hmm. like if the family's not together yeah man we're we're really just shooting darts out in the air you know know what i'm saying 100 percent, 100 percent. our families have to be intact and uh, the, the, the 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 divorce rates in america are really just like man daddy what can we do to really strengthen marriages what can we do what can we do and um, that was my question this weekend. There's a couple, um, they have a movie out called The Vow, and the couple's name is Kim and, Kim and Cricket Carpenter. And they have a phenomenal love story. I mean, phenomenal. They got married two months later, had an accident, and the young lady forgot who her husband was. Lost memory. He spent time, spent a couple of years um, dating her all over again. They married all over again. They had been on Oprah, had been on all, all these different news media outlets about their love story. And... I let someone hold my book, let another uh, a man hold my book, and um, he brought it back uh, Wednesday, and um, I got the, got the book, and I was just holding on to it, and I thought, I wonder, I wonder where, where is Kim and Cricket Carpenter today, and I went to uh, YouTube, and they were divorced in huh. 2018. I Kim. said, no, the, a powerful story, the glory of God was just evidently there, I mean, just fantastic, I mean, from top to bottom, I know that it was a God-ordained marriage. And it was infidelity, and I was just like, Daddy, Ugh. my heart was just like, oh, man, like marriages, like what is happening in the American family system, and what can we do? Like what can the body of Christ do to really strengthen these marriages? I don't know yet, but that's, a, that's uh, that was just yeah. on my heart. Yeah. That's good, because I think it's just us teaching, and it's mm-hmm. us discipling. Like it's one thing, Todd, Pastor Todd and I have been talking about this a lot, discipling, discipling. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. and, 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 you know, it's not just on us to preach, it's to teach how mm -hmm. to be a soldier of Christ, mm -hmm. a husband, you know, a, 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 and, and, you know, a, a bride of Christ, mm -hmm. and, and a husband, mm -hmm. a father, mm -hmm. you know, a, a discipler, mm -hmm. a soul winner. Like, mm -hmm. we have a lot of work to do, we do. as the church. We this do. is why the church can't stay out of things, because yeah. we have to raise people up to be an influence. Yeah in our nation, right? Yeah. So, and, and I think as the church, we've kind of, we've, we've bought into this idea of the family will take care of itself. Mm. I think we've almost, we just mm. take it for granted, the mm. family, Oof. you know, it, it'll mm. take care of itself. We'll have mm. a family event once in a while and, you know, things mm -hmm. will work out. But what we've, we're running into is the consequence of, mm. we haven't trained the men how to be real men. Yeah. And, and we're kind of, we kind of throw solutions at the whole husband thing it's yeah. like ah, love your wife a little bit more mm -hmm. and i'm not i'm not downplaying the things that the church has done sure. but we don't we don't tend to focus at the family yeah, yeah and we're working yeah. on it. i think to yeah. speak life into it we are seeing people stuff it's just going to take more than just reading a book yeah. to applying the book correct it's getting Application. back to right. that basic mm -hmm. i right. think right. it's right. really where the the church needs to head of like yeah. right family you know. like shift gears right. <laughs> what made you like what was the decision because we said it wasn't bad blood, Blexit. Yeah. But what are you doing now? Because I think it's so cool, your story. Obviously, there's no bad blood. Blexit mm -hmm. is amazing. We love, you know, we love what they're doing. We mm -hmm. love the, you know, was it Candace that started it? Was, was that, was she just Yeah, a big... she was the founder of it. And then Brendan's had him came on as a co-founder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And it's, it, I, I see the heart of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Praise God. You know, and she's got irons in the fire. So does Brandon Tatum. They, they, mm -hmm. they, all these guys have a... Have, but you have a passion because you talked a lot about cool blacks and stuff, but you were, you were torn between a ministry mm -hmm. and this. So uh -huh. could you kind of explain that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, international ministries. I enjoy working with um, the Nigerian community. Um, I, there's Ugandans I know, there's Cameroonians I know, but I work really closely with the um, Nigerian community in Nigeria. I had the pleasure of going to Nigeria last year, and I was able to actually get the on-ground experience of how their services are, are ran, uh, the people, what they need. It was just a really wide eye-opener for me to really see the concept of America, America's church, and Nigeria's church, the reverence for God, just a great comparison. And um, so I, I'm into international ministries. I've been a part of this ministry for the last the last two years, but I've known these, this community of, of people for six years and counting. And it has really been the Nigerian community that kind of really woke, woke me up spiritually and even politically. It was a Nigerian pastor who asked me in 2016, he says, Grace, who are you voting for? Hillary. He says, why? Is it because she's a woman? I say, yeah. He says, no. He says, you need to look at Trump's, Trump's values. He said, I think because I believe it's, it's more so of Trump's business economics, his passion for business that could really shift America from where we just came from, from the 80 years with Obama. I said, okay. And that, that one question broke open my destiny. Wow, that's so cool. A pastor. A pastor. One question. And I was telling my friend coming over here, I said, when people ask those spirit-led questions, oh, man, people's destinies are revealed. One question. And he asked me that question, and I said, okay. And I, look at, uh, I did a comparison between Hillary and uh, Donald. And for me, that year, 2016, I was a single-issue voter. And I saw that Hillary was for abortions. I said, done, daughter. Done, no, I'm not going back to that. I voted for Trump, and I've been more aware of politics, more aware of what's happening in America, our systems, than ever before. That one question from, from a pastor. 
when I got my first job as an intern working for a congressman, it came from the reference, the personal reference letter of a Nigerian who knew me for maybe a year. One year, wow. one year just knowing me, he, he, he sent the letter off and the lady read it. She brought me to her office and in, in the, uh, the congressman's office. And she said, you know, I'm really impressed with this personal reference letter more than anything. Hmm. From a Nigerian. He's also, uh, he's also, he's in a pastor, but I call him pastor, but he's in a, he doesn't want that title, but people of influence who are spiritually bound to Christ. And um, that's, that we spend time praying together so much. We spend time praying together so much. They really encouraged me to get more active in my community. Um, and the ministry I'm a part of is called GLOW. It's Glorious Life Outreach Worldwide. We have wonderful Bible job. We send Bibles everywhere. Any person who we pray with or one of the ministers um, introduced, I introduced them to another American or another uh, Palestinian or anybody, we send them a Bible. We have this wonderful Bible job. We, we, this wonderful Bible job. We spend hours praying for people, meeting people, FaceTiming, Bible studies. I mean, intense verse by verse, thorough Bible studies. And um, on WhatsApp, WhatsApp is a very uh, prominent communication uh, for free, free of charge. We use as communication, and we have there um, an ongoing nonstop prayer in the spirit, prayer in the spirit, prayer in the spirit. We pray every three hours for three hours, but there's a schedule. There's Nigerians and Americans all, all on the schedule taking different sessions to make sure there's always somebody in the body of Christ praying. And that's that's one of that's just one of our goals. It's called international prayer calls. That's just one of our goals that in the world of believers in this modern day generation of the body of Christ, that at least 10% of the church is praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit, whether they're in Dubai, which we do have people from Dubai on the platform, but there's always someone praying. And I, I just felt like there was more of a need for, you mentioned discipleship. It takes time. Sitting, meeting, yep. mentoring. praying, mentoring, planning. It takes time. It takes a great level of just the spirit to really do that with different people. And I just noticed that I needed to, to spend more time doing that. I was finding myself, um, you know, with Lexi having the meetings, which I enjoyed everything, but with, with the meetings, the, the different people in their organization for their different states, the travel, and it was affecting my responsibility in that international ministry. I said, I'm needed here. I said, and really, the, the desires of what Lexi is doing is at the center of God's heart anyway. So if I'm really working on God's heart and just doing the mission he called me to in ministry, that, uh, that mission that Blexit has is still being accomplished through me in a different light. That's what I wanted you to say. You know? That nailed it because we think, I better do. No, look, you carry that heart for government in anything you do. Mm -hmm. You're a business person, ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were talking about our church here. You know, we're not a political church. That's right. But the values that we espouse when we preach in the pulpit is... America needs to change from within. Mm -hmm. So get involved in those areas to be that light in your community. So mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing, business, if you're mm -hmm. doing sports, if you're doing careers, whatever, mm -hmm. you can still carry that message of liberty in your heart mm -hmm. as you're doing international ministry, mm -hmm. as you're a pastor, mm -hmm. as you're, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's so much to that, if you want to add to that. Yeah, I think, and this is something that we tend to teach a lot is you want Christ in every area of life, no yeah. matter where you go, right? And and I think people tend to say, okay, well, Christ isn't involved in politics. We don't put Christ in government. Yeah. But what you're really saying then is, okay, so you want Satan in charge of your politics. <laughs> mm. Might as well say that, yeah. Because there's there's you don't get a third rail. Mm -hmm. And I think people mm -hmm. kind of think that they get this third rail, but mm -hmm. you don't. So mm -hmm. if you say, 
I don't want Jesus in my government. I don't want Jesus in my politics. What you're actually saying is mm -hmm. Jesus isn't good enough for politics. Mm -hmm. So therefore, Satan mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. good enough for politics. Mm -hmm. I'll right. let Satan run this realm. Mm -hmm. And then we, mm -hmm. <laughs> we mm -hmm. look at the state of the nation and go, well, I don't understand what happened. Mm -hmm. Well, you put God out of it. Yeah, we, we push God out of our personal lives, out of the public sphere, mm -hmm. push him out of our government, out of our schools, mm -hmm. and then we wonder why everything is so godless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, uh, so if you could, you know, kind of wrap it up. I think I don't even know how long it was great. I, we've been going for a minute. I don't care. Um, but because I want to be respectful of your time too, um, can you give us what websites we could go to? both for Blexit to see if we can help support, mm -hmm. but also what you're doing now. I just really, I love international ministry. I never went on a mission trip until I left another ministry I was in in 2013. In 2015, mm -hmm. I went on a mission. It changed my life. Oh, my buddy yeah. told me, he's like, man, you got to come to Guatemala with me, he said. Mm -hmm. And I look, I was, this is how stupid I was. I mean, ignorant, I should say, not stupid, but ignorant. Mm -hmm. I just said, dude, we got mission field here in America. I can't go over there. We got yeah, people we here. Yeah, we got stuff right we do, but he was like, I'm telling you, dude, it's going to change you. Yeah. And I went over there and I thought, you know, you know, every missionary I think mm -hmm. goes thinking, man, we're going to go over there and pray it down. Lord, we're going to change. We're going to save souls. Yeah. You get there and they're changing you. <laughs> yeah, they're changing you. So like, I love international missions. I love uh, doing that stuff. So if you can give people a way to contact them, support, yeah. whatever, we want you to, to do that. All right, so for Blexit, you can visit, visit Blexit at blexitfoundation.org. For the international ministry, you can go to internationalprayercalls.com. But that website is being developed. Um, can I leave my number for them if they? Yeah, yeah. if you want to. Yeah, something. so I'm open to you through any calls. If there is someone who wants to actually connect with us in a place of prayer on WhatsApp, I can send the link. You can just enter the group and meet so many wonderful people who are praying in the spirit, but with the spirit and have the agenda of God that. on their heart. And my number is 321. 615-6317. Grace Glass. You can call me anytime and I'll pick up. Awesome. <laughs> well, guys, you end us, buddy. Because she did amazing. Come on, everybody. I don't even need to. Yeah. Everybody, come on. Come on. She did it. <laughs> you know us. You know why we do what we do. You, you know the heart. Like Our heart is to see this move. And it's hopefully to give you hope because a lot of people lose hope mm -hmm. uh, in America because of what the media is saying. Mm -hmm. We always say, if you're on the media and you're not believing scripture anymore, turn it off, get back into scripture. That's correct. And there's always hope. Even in the midst of darkness, God was still God to the children of Israel. In the midst of darkness now, God is still God and his promises are still true. So don't lose heart. We're doing this because blacks, Mexicans, whites, whatever, we are all under the banner of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I want to give people hope that there's people waking up mm -hmm. to not just politics, but the word of God, word praying of God. in the spirit, all these things like legit God is moving. Mm -hmm. And you choose whether or not to have hope. Think Amen. about it. You choose whether or not to have hope. That's and a good one, man. Yeah, I get one in a while. That's a good one. we got to put that on a meme. It's not <laughs> the surroundings. Meme. The surroundings will change day to day, minute to minute, but it, it matters how you react to it. It Come matters on, on your choice your whether attitude. or not you're going to have hope, your attitude. And we choose to have hope, and we'll give you the reasons for it. So, Grace... We just want to say thank you thank so you much for, taking for sitting the time. down with my us. Joy, my joy, my joy. We would love to have you back. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Now back to Mike and Massey in the studio. Love you guys. Hey, we hope you enjoyed that recent interview. One of the things that we love about interviews is that it shows people's uh, ability to have courage and take a stand when it's not politically expedient or spiritually convenient. Um, and so we're going to be doing more of these types of interviews with people who we find that are like blow away people. She's one of yeah. them uh, to see the faith that it took and the courage it took to stand out, even when the media is like, no, this BLM. And she's standing out there. Nope. The word of God, Jesus Christ. I mean, remember, 
even just hearing her speak at that one event that's why she came on this just her her power what she's spoken so we're really excited hope you guys were ministered to by that and enjoyed it uh so keep your comments down below again you know there's there's things that are happening all over the country you're not seeing which is why we're having these interviews and we want you to know that people are waking up that's the hope we're having uh amen i'm excited Amen. so So let's get into life lessons massey you want to go first you want me to you know go ahead okay uh, actually, this is a life lesson I just learned this morning um, through Massey, and this is something that I'm I'm kind of figuring out. And it's don't basically it boils down to don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah, right? you know, and and oftentimes what happens is we get a blessing or we get something that we didn't expect, and our immediate reaction could be, I don't deserve this. Yep. Uh, what's going to happen with this? I'm just going to get cursed, or something's going to fail on this. And those are all thoughts of lack of faith in the Lord. Now, before you decide that I'm giving you prosperity gospel of you just got to have faith and believe it, no. and God will give you that jet. That's, that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is if the Lord provides his children with good things, right? Now, I understand that good gifts is talking about the Holy Spirit and all that. But think about it. The Lord gives his children good things. If he blesses you, whether materially, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, Don't look those gifts in the mouth because what will happen is you start basically sticking your tongue out at God. And and Massey used a good analogy about this. If you give your child something and and you've really wanted to give them this gift, this toy they always wanted or whatever, if they look at it and they look back at you and they're like, well, I don't deserve this or I'm going to be crushed when it breaks or or, how can I take care of this? there's a sadness factor that comes over you because it's like, I wanted you to enjoy this. I wanted you, you yeah. move. With Imagine this. them looking at that gift going, okay, what are you going to do now? Are you gonna what are you going to take? Are you going to take yeah. it from me? What's next? You know, are you doing this because you're ready to, you know, knock me down with something? Imagine if your kid thought of you that way. That's terrible. That's, yeah. that's, that's literally not a heart of a father, right? It's the same thing here. Blessing comes, just take it. And when life happens, life happens. Spiritual warfare happens. Don't blame God for it. Trust him even more. Yeah. Hard lesson to learn. And I'm not fully learned it yet. Sometimes it gets really difficult and tricky. Um, dude, what a lesson. I mean, it just, right. just to see the blessings that are happening in your life, dude. You know, it was just, it was easy. Okay. It's easy for me to say it. Now I'm on this side because I've done it many years. <laughs> you know, I did it for many yeah. years. The way you, you know, you were talking about it. <clears throat> and uh, I just remember Todd was like, you know, he adds no sorrow to his blessing. Dude, that's Proverbs. And, uh, you know, I remember one time I confessed that at church. I preached one night where I would just, every time I'd get blessed, it was on a Wednesday night, me and Todd preached and then chemo came up and preached. Uh, and then, uh, Todd would talk about his wife who passed away from cancer. I talked about being in a, in a, in a, in a ministry that was not run very godly and, uh, how every time I get blessed, I'd get slapped in the face with something. I learned to look at God that way. I got off the stage and I said, you know, it's just hard to look at God sometimes with a blessing and then a curse comes behind it. And uh, I remember he walked on stage. He goes, buddy, you are blessed here. We love you here. And there's no slap coming with that. And never one time before the Lord has, has that ever happened, unless it was my fault, you know, that I did something wrong or whatever, but it was never done by the hand of the the person who, who, who who helped me. Um, Dude, what a lesson. Right. And I'm, I'm still going through it, but it's, it's, it's a good start of a lesson of, no, I've got to have complete faith and love for my Lord and know that he's taking care of me no matter what. And having open hands, this is something that that just hit me is 
something gets put in your hands, you, you have to leave your hands open of maybe something gets taken out because there's seasons for stuff. And if you hold on and it's supposed to get removed from your hand at that season, right? You think of Jonah sitting under the vine. Well, it's kind of like, it's not your vine. It's my vine. That's right. I can give and take when I want. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's okay. So I'll, I've <laughs> got to appreciate it while it's the season of that thing and then move on from it when the Lord determines that it's time to move on. Yeah. It's that, I sometimes don't think we know what we're singing when we're singing songs like, do you give and take yeah. away? Okay. You know, like just be careful because you know, they, things do happen and you have to hold on loosely that 80 song, you know, yeah, we talk about it sometimes hold on loosely, you know, it's the Lord's blessing anyway, you know, you're, you're, you're entrusted and stewarded with it. So do a good job. Be right. excellent about it. Amen. I think that's my life lesson is excellence. Um, I finally admitted to Carrie and my pastor, you two, that, you know, discipline has kind of been one of those things that I've had for tons of areas of my life, whether it was study or, or ministry. But I felt like the last couple of years, having two ministries was really tough and tricky to manage all of this life, you know, all of this, you know, with the kids and everything. And that I needed to just shore up more with the Lord. So like I just, the beginning steps of real discipline again, discipline, discipline, discipline. And uh, George Washington once said, discipline is the soul of an army. And uh, he said, it makes weak armies formidable and strong. And so what that means is you can be the strongest military in the world or the smallest military in the world. If you're disciplined, you'll win because of how you, you know the regiment, you know the drill. Most disciplined teams win the games. You know, they're, they're the ones who know they don't veer off course. They stick to the plan. And it's like seeking the Lord in the same way, uh, you know, for, for this. Is just, I'm just being open with everybody. Um, I don't eat a lot. I don't, I probably eat once a day. You're with me a lot. Yep. I probably eat once a day, sometimes maybe once and one and a half times a day. I don't eat really late at night. I don't like it because it, it makes me feel weird inside, but I've been big for most of my life, you know, and, and I've lost weight. I've gone up, I've gone down, I've gone up, I've gone down. And, you know, it's just that discipline thing that, you know, God, if I'm sitting here telling the world to be disciplined and I'm like this, I'm not ashamed of myself at all. I mean, I've kind of just accepted it. You know, yeah. it's a big dude and people don't ever look at me and go, what a fat slob. You know, they don't, they don't do that. Uh, but I just thought, you know, we got to really work on that. You know, so it's, it's been a journey. It's been a little process. We started, you know, some time ago here, uh, but it's just discipline, man, discipline, discipline, discipline. And if you do it, your kids learn it. You know, if you so do it, true. your ministry learns it like business or your, your work, your, your, your workers, if you learn it, your employees learn it. If you learn it, everyone around you, including your mentors, learn it. You know, so you become an influence when you're disciplined. And people see it, man, and they see the change. When they see the fruit, they're like, I want to be like that. What is that? What is that? You know, what is he walking in? So it's just little things that we're working on internally, right? I even said about my smile. You know, it's like you could drive a semi through this tooth right here, you know? And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I, I don't really care about it. But I do know that presenting yourself excellent is something. There's something to excellence, not perfection. People get those two mixed up, excellence and perfection. The difference with perfection is there's never a standard to perfection. Like whose standard is perfection? One will say that's perfect. Well, according to you, but I don't think it looks perfect. You know, you ever level something out? That looks perfect, but then you put it on the wall, you step it back. It looks off. looks off because the whole wall might be off. So perfect yep. doesn't mean anything. But excellence is doing the best with what you've been given and going to sleep knowing you did the best. Your conscience. And the Bible says that we're supposed to approve things that are excellent. And I want to walk in that, you know, and I want to keep walking in that. So, you know, if you guys see things that we, you, you know, about us on this podcast or our messages, yeah. they're that's not excellent, you know, or you misspelled something. When people come up and correct me, I literally, I get it a lot, especially the first couple of years, I get it a lot. 
you know, you got misspe- you know, misspelling or a quote, a comma's off or a colon's not supposed to be there. Uh, first couple of years, I got it a lot. And they're like, I'm sorry, I got to tell you. What are you sorry for? You got to, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're now perfecting me. Now I can become me. better. Yeah, you're perfecting me. So when I go to a bigger crowd with more knowledge people than, than you know, like more studious people, they're not going to look at me like second rate. Yeah. No, man, everything I do is excellent. Presentations are excellent. That's why we work so hard on our curriculums. Every, if you notice our podcast, it just looks clean, crisp, because we right away are like, we're going to put out the best content we can. We're going to have the best people doing our content. We're going to have the best speakers. We're going to have the best uh, employees ever. Carrie Franklin, Carrie, my wife, you, you know, Richard, you know, we're going to have the best people that have our best interests in mind, our board members, the best, you know, like, and we want that. We want that, especially at church, man. We have the best employees, man. We have the best workers, the best ministers. And, you know, and I say the best because I look at their character and they're willing to give it all up for the Lord and they're excellent at it. You know, our facilities are excellent, you know, just that kind of stuff. And and so kind of the life lesson I think I'm kind of walking in is excellence, you know, and just trying to do things right and be disciplined. Absolutely. The best I can. You that that standard of excellence you could always go deeper on excellence and and there is a an, an important differentiation between excellence and perfection because people who shoot for perfection are unrealistic you'll never be perfect you can be more excellent you know and and always excellence comes in that sense of well i could take this extra step but i'm kind of feeling like maybe i i don't need to that's where excellence comes into play you know this this extra step to make sure that the bathroom is extra clean excellence of cleaning the bathroom means you look at that spot you see it you go no i need to take care of that as opposed to well it's a corner it doesn't really matter right right excellence takes care of it perfection looks at the bathroom and says anything that looks off a little bit is horrible it's wrong it's a failure well it's not true because you can't make your bathroom perfect but you can make it excellent um, and it's, it's an important line and lesson to learn. Yeah, and, is. and there's a humility that comes with being Truth. excellent. Truth. You know, I think perfectionist ends up prideful, you know, and I, I could explore that, but so. And if you're listening, you need to pew, check us out pew, pew, pew. to see these visuals. These pew. are high rate visuals. We're the most professional people ever. I love it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Do not forget to check out our merch, 1776truth.store. Check out all of our social media platforms. We're everywhere. We really are. All of them. All of them. So for Massey, I'm Mike. We will see you next week, Sunday night, 7 p.m. Love you guys.